This past summer, we as a family went camping. And one of those nights, we put our two younger boys to bed, and then the other two kids, me and my wife, were sitting around the campfire. The dark started to set in, and the quietness of the campsite started to, to kind of get to that moment where, okay, things are getting darker, things are, this is the end of the night. And just when it got quiet, and it's just that perfect amount of dark, there was a far-off call. Now, this is a very familiar call, especially to families that have watched the movie Frozen 2. That call sounded like this. Ah! And of course, just like the movie, we had to do the call back because that's what you're supposed to do in that call. So one of us in the family, I won't say who, decided they would just shout it back. And then we paused and we waited. Sure enough, from a different part of the campsite, we heard that call. And then in the next few moments, after little bits of pauses, those calls were happening all over the campsite. It was quite amazing. Now, it was just one little line from Frozen 2, but isn't it cool how it unites so many people with just some positive, good-hearted fun? Today, I wanna to talk about the discipline of encouragement. Now, just like the call from Frozen 2, just a little bit of effort and just a little bit of, of calling back and doing that could really make a big difference when it comes to encouragement. It can bless so many people around that could all participate in it, but it also does, has an effect on your heart as well. So let me ask you, what do you feel when you get encouragement? Are you like me and you get really, really excited and it's like a breath of fresh air? Or do you, is it kind of awkward and just like, I don't want to hear that. You see, everybody gives and receives love differently. And Gary Chapman's book, The Five Love Languages, points to one of the love languages being words of affirmation. That words that people speak could even just share and show how much someone appreciates or someone loves somebody. So words like encouragement can build people up. But we also know that words can also hurt. For some of you, maybe you've heard the saying or maybe you've done the saying yourself that sticks and stones may break, break my bones, but names will never hurt me. You know that, that words can hurt at times and names do hurt and, and words do hurt people as well. And that can be really challenging and really hard. But at the same time, words can also be used for building people up. So the spiritual discipline of encouragement is a corporate discipline. It is something for everyone they should be practicing in their lives, anyone who professes Christ. It's not just for those who have the spiritual gift of encouragement, like you check it off on a spiritual gift test. It's for everybody to do this. And 1 Thessalonians says this well when it says, Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just as in fact you are doing we are, we, when we bless others, like words of encouragement, it also affects our hearts and grows our relationship with Christ. But there's more to it than just the warm fuzzies. There's more to it, in it with encouragement. There's an intentionality, a requirement of us as a body of believers, the church. It's a corporate discipline. There's a greater use than just individualistic benefit. The purpose of encouragement, I think, is found really well in Hebrews chapter 3, 
verses 12 to 14. And I'm going to read it for you now. It says this, See to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. But encourage one another daily, as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. We have come to share in Christ, if indeed we hold our original conviction firmly to the very end. So in this passage, there's a warning against an unbelieving heart. This is a very real issue in that no one is exempt. A hardened heart or a hardened attitude is not something that someone just happens to fall into in a one-time response. This is something that's a habitual state that someone can fall into. Over and over again, we see in the Old Testament, many of these great faith people uh, fall into some feelings of unbelief. You can take Abraham or Moses or Jonah or Elijah. Or maybe you want to take the whole nation of Israel when they are coming out of Egypt and staring at the Red Sea, wondering what will happen next. Or wandering around the desert or entering the promised land. And to go further, even to see the Messiah in flesh and be in disbelief. Not sure if really that's true. But the thing is, when we look at these people in the Bible, it's not just them, it's us too. That we are susceptible to acquiring an unbelieving heart. So what does the writer of Hebrews mean when he uses this word heart? Because back then, the Hebrew people wouldn't have understood the heart as an organ like we do today. They would understand this concept of heart in this passage as as, uh, something of a will or a motive or soul. That this whole being of ourself is our heart. That's where they get the idea of the great commandment of love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. That the requirement is our whole selves, all, every part of it, so that none of us could succumb to an unbelieving heart or sinful heart. Especially if we are giving our whole selves to God, this shouldn't happen, shouldn't it? We need to keep our heart, our whole self, from dying before we die physically. This is a strong warning, isn't it? And it's, it, to combat this, it, it, we need to encourage each other daily, which sounds simple enough. As long as it's called today, it says. Which, last I checked, it's still today. But why should we bother encouraging? So that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness, is what it says. And what is sin? It's the unholy things that we do that separate us from our holy God. Hardened by sin means we have allowed sin to exist in our lives for so long that we can't clearly hear from God anymore what he's trying to say to us, how he's trying to interact with us. And this just doesn't have an individual uh, ramification to this. There's actually more to it than that. It affects the whole church and how God is speaking to us as a church together. That what happens in us and the sin that we harbor and we keep on to and allow to be there affects everybody as a church, the body. We become like an unuseful lump of clay in a way when we become hardened. Or like Play-Doh that's left with, the, with the, the lid off of it and just gets all crusty and it's not formable anymore, it just falls apart. 
We don't want to get to that place where we, we have this unbelieving heart. But if we do listen to this passage, we get two immediate things. Number one, we just share in Christ. And number two, we bless others at the same time. If we don't encourage others, it has its effect on us and the people in our church. It is hard to encourage others unless we are part of a fellowship of believers. Otherwise, we're left alone with our own vices and, and things in ourselves and no chance of getting encouragement from somebody or even being corrected by somebody. So it's important to be connected to a greater church body. That is why it's so important for us to be extra diligent to connect with others, especially in the pandemic. So we shouldn't wait until the pandemic is over. We, we shouldn't say, oh, well, we'll encourage more, we'll do more things like that when it's all over. We need to practice it through text or phone call or video call right away. We need to continue to act out this discipline. There's an urgency that we must pay attention to. So don't ask whether or not people want encouragement. Just go and do it. Just start encouraging people, making sure that they're kept from an unbelieving heart and that they become, have a believing heart. And it may be harder than ever with, um, with what we're experiencing uh, in the pandemic, and it may take more effort, but it doesn't mean that it's less necessary. With the new orders that have just been in place, it continues to be a challenging time for us, doesn't it? Leading up to Christmas, it's just unfathomable that we're still in this and we're still having to battle this pandemic and being separated from each other physically. People aren't seeing their families or beyond their bubble families anymore because there's been limits to what we're, we can, how we can gather. Youth ministry and microchurches have, have stopped being in person and now are back to online again. It just, in some ways, feels so discouraging. But we need to tell others to keep going, to persevere in the faith. And that's our biggest opportunity that we have in this time. But remember that everybody in the entire world is experiencing this pandemic, that you're not alone in this. We're all doing in this together. Another passage that we've talked about before from the stage of Southridge is this Hebrews passage later on in chapter 10. And I want to read this because this is still very relevant to us today. So Hebrews 10, 23 to 25 says this, Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promises faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching. You see, we need to spur each other on to love more, to do more good deeds. It's very crucial in this time that we're, we're doing these things. A quick text or a phone call could make all the difference to someone's day or even their week. It make, might make all the difference to them. Just letting them know that you're praying for them, but actually pray for them. To, to tell them how you're praying for them. Maybe to, to give you some example, you could say something like this. I'm praying that God will give you strength today. Or maybe you want to change it a bit and say, I'm praying that you know the presence of Jesus in your life today. Maybe something like that could be something you could text to somebody. 
And in this passage, I just read that it says not to give up meeting together. And I don't want to, I don't want us to read that and not address it. I'm not saying that we're to disobey the health orders and meet anyways. Because that's not what I'm saying. But it does mean that within our restrictions, we need to be more intentional about meeting with each other online and safely. There's, there's, a, there's a need that is beyond, it's just, it would be easy to get together, yes, but we need to still meet online and still connect with each other. We need to encourage all the more as the day is approaching, your final day, but also the day of judgment, which is to come. So what are the benefits of encouragement? I know we talked a lot about encouragement, what, but what would, what would be the benefits of it? Well, I read once, uh, one time a little while ago, that the younger generations are crying out to hear some specific words from those who are older. Do you want to know what those words are? It's something along the lines of, I believe in you. That's it. That they're crying out, they want to hear from those who are over, older than them, that, there's, that they believe in them. There's something in them that's worth noting. There's something in them that older people see in them that's, that's, worth, that's praiseworthy. And if they don't, they will continue to look for that approval. And sometimes that comes in, in, in people and ideologies that aren't of Christ and his kingdom. So there is some importance to the older reaching down to the younger and encouraging them. So olders, and I put myself on this, remember this, the future of our world hangs on our words. The future public figures, the future leaders, the, and most importantly, the current and future church are our younger people. When was the last time you encouraged someone who is younger? Was it recently? And I want to speak to those who are younger. The older often feel that they aren't useful anymore. That it's a common fear that, they, that, they, that some people get when they get older, that the, there's a desire for purpose that continues to grow. And they will just want to know that they've made a lasting legacy. So let some of the older people in your life know how much you love them and how much that they've made a difference in your life. Go ahead and do that. Younger people, you are inheriting the church, public positions, and other leadership roles that they once had. Remind the olders that it was, that it was only possible for them to be in this position because of the for, you forging the way for them. So youngers, when was the last time that you encouraged someone who was older? You know, while I was preparing this message, I had two instances that, that one after another where people encouraged me. The second uh, of them was one that really impacted me. It was from a younger friend of mine that gave me this text, and I'm going to read it to you now. He said, Hey man, I just wanted to say thank you for all the encouragement you've been sending my way. I really appreciate it, and it makes a big deal and impacts me further than just after you say it. Listen, we need to be a people that encourage, just like this younger guy did for me. We need to be doing this more often, especially in this pandemic. But if we don't do it enough, we start to lose it. This discipline isn't something we just acquire and we keep. We have to keep working at it. It would be easy enough to just stop speaking words and, 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 and to never make a difference. In fact, if we, people won't even notice the words we don't say because we haven't said them. 
They'll just keep on going on their lives, just not blessed by your words. But I don't want an easy life. I want to be, have a life that impacts people. Are you with me in that? Do you want to be a person that does that, that encourages others? Then join me in this. Come join me, because this is a, a commitment that I want to make. I want to be more encouraging than I am today. A couple of weeks ago, I was struck with this thought. And it was on a different topic, but I'm going to bring it into what we're talking about today. I was frustrated with myself because I wasn't praying enough. And then it occurred to me, it occurred to me this. The thought was, if I want to be a praying man, then I need to get up every morning and be a man that prays. So let's just change that to encouragement for today to help this be a little more applicable. If you want to be an encouraging person, then you need to get up every morning and be a person that encourages others. It sounds so simple, but we, we really create our own legacy, don't we? That every moment, every day, we're creating this legacy. What do we want to be known for? Do we want to be known as people that love God and encourages others? Or are we going to let those things slide? So are you convinced by this, these Hebrew passages that we're talking about today? Are you convinced that this is real and that we need to be doing this? It's important to encourage regardless if, it's, if it comes easy for you or not. So like a muscle, when you're training a muscle to, to grow, you start with little weights and you, and you increase the weights over time until eventually you can work up to really big weights. And just like that, with encouragement, start with little things. Start with the little things, little weights, little encouragement things that you can start to start exercising that muscle. Once you do it long enough, you'll want to take on bigger things and start making a difference in our world. So this week, here are some steps. I've broken it down to just to make it really easy for you. Step one, just identify one area of your life that you can be encouraging in. Just identify it. Don't do anything with it. Just that's the first step. If it's going to be work, or if it's your school, or your family, or fan, friends, or your neighbors, just, just identify, okay, this is going to be the place where I'm going to encourage and start there. The second step would be to decide what would be encouraging to pass on to someone. You know, what have you noticed that, that could be encouraging? What is it in that person that you see or that you've run past that that uh, could be encouraging, that they might find encouraging. It may have to be in a call or text it, and can't be in person, but, but, but do it. it. It needs to get done. Or maybe your next step could be this other idea that, that came across uh, my mind, which was to, to allow for these divine appointments or divine interruptions. I, I hope you know what those feel like. I know that I've had a lot of them, and it's this feeling of, how did that conversation happen? I didn't create it to happen. All of a sudden, I was in this conversation. It's happening in front of me. It must be God. And it's often these things that happen at the least likely of times when you don't expect it. It could be in a lineup at a store and you're talking with a customer or one of the employees. Go one step further and encourage them. It could be when you're on a walk and you're just walking past someone, plenty of space in between you, maybe even across the street, and you're just saying, something that would be encouraging to them and just spend that little moment just to encourage them. Or maybe, and I can't believe this is a thing again, 
that you're in line at Costco and you're beeline it to the back and you know that you got to get there because it's only 30 minutes since it's opened and you got to get some toilet paper and you go back there and all you see is empty shelves. There's a lot of discouraged people at that point that are wanting their toilet paper and they don't have it. There's a great opportunity just to spend a couple extra moments just to, to talk with somebody there and to encourage them. Or maybe you want to just be the first to start saying Merry Christmas. And maybe that's your first way of doing it, just saying Merry Christmas to everyone you speak. Because you know what? I know you might think it's early, but it's only a couple days away to be December. So go for it. I'm giving you permission. Go and just start saying Merry Christmas to people and just start those conversations that way. Well, maybe you feel like you aren't good at it yet. And that's okay. You don't have to be a master at encouraging. Just start small. Start by responding to someone else's encouragement. I mean, if everybody started encouraging, it's going to come around to you and they'll encourage you and, and you can encourage them right back. Or maybe you want to take the challenge and to, to start the call, like in that Frozen 2 call. Like you'll just start, maybe don't start with saying, ah, because they'll maybe not know what you're talking about. But maybe there's something you can say to start the movement to get going and you can encourage somebody else. Jump into this movement, movement that we will keep people from having an unbelieving heart and actually turn to having a believing heart. That will encourage them away from sin and pointing them to Christ. Jump in as we all pursue this together. I'm in there with you. I, I'm going to be doing this with you. I want to encourage others just along with you in this. We want to see a better world because of it. Because we are all in this together. So let's pray together. Jesus, we hear from you your word today that encouragement is an important practice for us to carry out. We ask that you will bring to mind those around us that are in our life already that could use some encouragement today. Maybe there are people that are lonely or struggling with mental illness or just are people we love who we don't want to experience hardness of heart. Use us, Lord. Use us to further your kingdom and build up your church. Jesus, we also pray that encouragement would come our way as we encourage others this week, this month, and even up and coming to this new year that is near us. Change the world, Lord, one life at a time, and do it through me. In Jesus' name we pray, collectively together. Amen. Well, thanks for joining us this week. I hope you've been encouraged to encourage others, and uh, you're going to join me along with this. There's going to be some questions that are going to pop up in your screen. I want you to, to look at those and maybe there's some things that you can kind of unpack as we go along. For more information about our, our church and what's going on here, just go to our website at southridgefellowship.ca. So have a great week. Say those Merry Christmases and uh, see you back next week.